0: Hey
1: guys, welcome back to another episode of the Finance Bible Podcast.
0: We are your hosts as always, Oscar and Zeke. Please note that nothing in this podcast should ever be considered as personal financial advice.
1: If personal financial advice is what you are after, then please reach out. We can connect you with the correct professionals to assure you get a job done properly.
0: Enjoy the show.
1: Let's get into it. Today, we thought we'd just talk about tips on getting a home loan. Oscar, do you want to jump straight in with the first point?
0: Very, very good uh, topic, this one. We are doing it off a post that we put on our Asset Road Instagram on the 25th of May if anyone does want to join in. But the first point is, and extremely vital, is working on your credit score. Because when it comes to you know, getting, getting money or being lended money, the bank's not going to give you any, any dosh if you're proven to not be able to pay back or miss miss repayments for your uh, car loans, phone bills, all different types of bills. So one here to help you with your credit score is perhaps setting up automatic payments or reminders to avoid missing any payments and consider paying more than the minimum required amount to demonstrate to the bank that you're responsible in terms of your financial behaviour.
1: Another thing to mention on that is obviously... You're taking care of all your um, like pay later methods, so you Zip Pay, after pay. even PayPal now has one where they pull credit checks. Commonwealth has one. So many different pay, buy now, pay later things going on, and they really add up. Uh, additionally, there's apps out, there are websites out there like Credit Savvy, where you can jump on there, get a re- free report every month, you can monitor what's going on. But the this is kind of going to lead into another point that we're going to bring up, which is visiting a mortgage broker so visiting a mortgage broker they can pull a credit check for you and it's like a soft inquiry so it doesn't actually impact your credit rating whereas if you go to a bank and you go right i want to get a loan i want to do this i want to do that they'll put your credit put the inquiry on there and then it's there if you then go to another one because they're not going to give you the money or they're going to charge you a high interest rate or whatever it is and you're shopping around you go to the other bank they pull a credit inquiry bang now you've got two within two days Go to another one because you want to test out what interest rate you can get somewhere else, bang, three in three days. So, within a three day like period, if you're trying to borrow 500 grand, you've now requested $1.5 million in three days.
0: So- yeah, so don't, don't go on for the sake of things trying to make inquiries to suss out the best deal uh, because it does affect your credit score. And that kind of comes back to credit cards as well. Uh, credit cards are a big factor in this, especially in the younger, let's say, 18 to 30-year-old age group because you realise you're eligible for a credit card and you might like all the points that comes with the sign-on bonus, and then all of a sudden you're, you're 5K in debt, you got no savings to pay it back, and you're paying the interest. And if you miss your repayments, obviously that's going to impact your credit score as well. So be smart um, with that. And then we're kind of getting on track of credit cards, which we'll, we'll get off in a moment. Credit cards, be careful, figure out before... You actually apply for one if you can make better payments, but that will impact your credit score if you don't pay those back on time. So
1: make sure you've got a good credit score. We did a podcast separately on credit scores and how to manage them and different things that affect them. So I'd recommend listening to that because this podcast is specifically focused on actually going for a home loan and different tips. Each tip will have their own individual things that need to be talked about. So we'll move on for now. Um, Another thing to talk about, we already kind of mentioned it, was a broker space. Me personally, and Oscar, you can confirm or deny this, but I would not go to a bank directly if I was getting a loan.
0: Can confirm. Can confirm that strongly, actually.
1: Well, there you go. I've I've seen too many issues with it, like not getting the money or getting money at a high interest rate or willy-nilly pulling credit checks or um, having limited products and a whole bunch of different things. If you go to a mortgage broker, they can sit down with you. They can do the soft credit check, as I said. They can figure out what you can borrow, what you can't borrow, roughly what's safe and what's not safe, tell you your limits. You can play with safety parameters in your head and figure out the repayments and everything at different institutions, different financial lenders, and then you can make up your mind from there.
0: I think the best thing about a mortgage broker is, let's say you go to a direct bank for a loan. Let's let's just say Westpac, for example. This is... We haven't experienced Westpac. which is just purely an example. Um, they will only offer you what Westpac's best product is at the time. So you know, it might be a relatively high interest rate compared to other competitors. But if you go to a mortgage broker, they will compare around 40 different lenders. For example, you got your Westpac, CBA, of Liberty, uh, Mortgage Market, all these different lenders, and filter through and figure out who is the cheapest, who offers the best rate, um, who constructs the loan the best way possible and literally process of elimination and give you the best broker and they will w- walk you through and actually show you the comparisons between the others. There's no bias, could all broker work in your best interest. There's no um, banks not doing different commissions, for et cetera, but they will give you the best lender in the whole the whole um, pond.
1: Yeah, they're legally obliged to act in your best interest. They have to give you a a written reason of why they're recommending that specific uh, lender and what the benefits are, the risk reward, and compare them to other lenders, as we just said. Moving on to the next point, Don, throw one out there.
0: I would say saving for a down payment is probably, probably, uh, definitely the most important one because if you don't have the money, you can't really uh, get a loan, can you?
1: That's
0: valid. So lenders typically require down payment, as you imagine, uh, as a percentage of the total home price. Generally, it fluctuates between 10 and 20%. Um, some are different pending on the lender. But let's say, in my mind, I'd want to save at least 10, 10% of the purchase price before I'd actually legitimately think about getting a loan.
1: Yeah, you do need to save up money. I mean, if you've already got a property and there's a bunch of different things going on, you've got equity, you're at a certain LVR, like loan to value ratio and all these different things, you can you can kind of do it differently. Or if you're a first home buyer and you're putting down 5% and you've got that whole entitlement going on, then it can vary. But very basically, if you're going for a loan, you've got 10% of the deposit. What you've also got to then take into account is you've got fees. You're going to have LMI at a 10%, which is lender's mortgage insurance, basically an insurance um you can google it we've done an episode on
0: that hey, don't need to um, google it it's on the uh, asset rate right instagram page there oh, is there a you go. Page. what is LMI?
1: um we'll actually drop the link for that specific post make it easy and then you've also got to take into consideration like stamp duty for example that that can come in at like 15 grand 20 grand 30 grand so if you're saving up for a property and you've got a 10 percent deposit that could very quickly turn into 5 percent or 4 percent due to stamp duty depending on the actual price of the property, obviously. And, uh, um, and that
0: leads back to having a professional team in your corner because if you went and did this yourself and you had no experience of what stamp duty is or the other, you know, the costs associated with purchasing property, you might be in for a rude shock. So if you have a professional who can at least let you know right, this is the rough expenses which will come through, this is how much you'll need in terms of cash, it will put you in a lot better place.
1: Yeah, a good conveyancer or a good solicitor can also help with that and help with the calculations behind it all, but your broker should do it and or the bank if you're going bank direct. Again, it's my advice. This isn't financial advice. I would say the next point for me, and I think in today's market, this is probably more important than ever, uh, getting pre-approved for a loan. In the current market, if you don't have a pre-approval, it's very difficult for you to actually get a sales contract on a property. Because a lot of people have pre-approvals. As an agent, if you're selling a property, you've got someone with a pre-approval. you have someone without one, I'm pretty sure you know which one they're going to pick, regardless of the offer, because they want the stability, they want less work, they want to get the job done. So if you get a pre-approval, firstly, you know exactly what you can do. You're pre-approved, you're ready to go. It makes it quicker for you, quicker for the seller. Everyone's happy. Common sense, get a pre-approval.
0: Yeah, and in terms of pre-approval, it doesn't mean... That uh, you're you fully locked in before you want to it. it just literally shows, all right, well, if I did go for a loan, I can service this amount. Um, so I can actually service it, which is great. And like you said, there's a, in terms of there's three buyers, the one with the pre approval, it demonstrates to the seller that you are at an actual serious buyer. So they're, you know, they're not going to take the other two. They're going to take your offer because you're ready to go, which is a, a big no brainer. And, uh, brokers as well don't charge for this. So if you're worse scared in the past of getting a pre-approval because you haven't spent money on a mortgage broker, they don't charge anything for it. So it's it's perfectly fine to do. And it's probably a, a really vital step.
1: I will say most mortgage brokers won't charge. I've come across a few cowboys in my time. I put a little feed on there.
0: Now, next step, um, let's say you've you've got the deposit. You've got everything sorted. You've got the professional team. You in. You've got the pre-approval. You know they've accepted your offer on the house, and then it's time working with your mortgage broker to get all your documents in place to actually get the loan moving and get it sorted. So we're talking payslips, um, you know, relevant IDs. If you've got um, other loans, statements. If you've got a home at the moment, if you get your home loan statements. It's a, there's a variety of different documents as your mortgage broker would tell you. But that works. You get the whole the whole uh, game underway.
1: Yeah, if you've got another property, you need probably a rates notice to show the ownership breakdown and have your name on the title. Tax returns for individuals. If you own a business and you're self employed, you need tax returns for the business. If it's within a self managed fund, then you need returns for the self managed fund. Um, if you're self employed and the self managed fund, then you need your tax returns, the business tax returns, the SMSF tax returns and it can get pretty messy. So having a broker to help with that is quite good and you'll need an accountant clearly because that's a lot of work. Yeah, the, the quicker you get your documents together and making sure you've got all of that ready, it just makes the whole process a lot easier. If you don't have any of that, I've worked with clients that it literally took about four months for them to get even half the documents together. So yeah, get all of that together and then when you're actually ready to move on a property, you can get it quicker, which also comes back to getting a pre-approval You've got all your dogs, you get a pre approval, you're ready to go.
0: I love it, love it. And going back to the uh, you know, purchasing a house with savings, if you have a home at the moment and there's a fair bit of equity in the home and you don't have too much of savings, you can utilize the equity in that home for a down payment of not a property. So, if you're wanting to invest in property um, and you'd have some equity in your home, good news is you can.
1: Another point to mention this isn't included in the actual post, but. Fixed versus variable, you've got to figure out once you've done all the other things, are you going to take a fixed loan or a variable loan? Again, your broker should help with this. Um, If you're going bank direct, then you're going bank direct. But with a fixed versus variable, you've got to figure out what suits your financial situation better. I can't really say too much about this on a podcast because, obviously, it's not financial advice. Although my personal opinion, (laughs) my personal opinion Again, pending a lot of different circumstances, like you know, COVID came and this has happened, that's happened, GFC, blah, blah, whatever it is. If you're going fixed, then you're basically betting against the bank, right? So the bank have chosen a fixed rate. They know they're going to make money on that based on what they're predicting to happen in the future. Otherwise, they wouldn't offer it. So if you're choosing a fixed loan, then you're kind of going, well, actually, I think that you've got this wrong. And the rate's going to go um, up from here. So, fixed would be a better option than the long term variable. If you go to a casino, house always wins, right?
0: Well, it depends who you are.
1: <laughs> That's true. And yeah. it, there, is, there is mitigating. It's a
0: good but like, you might, you might pull away with a win.
1: But
0: no. 99% of the time, <laughs> the house
1: I mean, I've had some lucky streaks in my time on casino wars. Uh, I've got a pretty good win-loss ratio on that. But, um, yeah, with with the lending scenario, like, you can come out on top if you get fixed. For example, the people who fixed it 1% or 2% during COVID, happy days. Like, you really outsmarted the bank there. Did we know what was going to happen? Absolutely not. So, uh, again, it's throwing, throwing money on black and hoping for the best. One final tip before we let you go, which isn't really related to actually getting the loan or anything. We've done an episode on it before, the rainy day fund. If I'm going out and getting a home loan, I'm making sure I've got a rainy day fund. A safety barrier to make sure that if anything does go wrong, I can meet those repayments and look after it. If I'm injured for six months, if I get sick for three months, if I'm off work for whatever reason, if I lose my job, um, if something happens to one of my children or a family member and I, I'm stuck in a really bad situation, I want that rainy day fund. Speaking of which, it's quite uh, quite drizzly here today, and I'm a big Is fan. It
0: really?
1: a good... Yeah. All right. Well, let's end it here. Call it a day. We'll see Perfect. you all soon. Ciao. Guys, as always, if you've liked the podcast, please give us a review, jump on that five-star wagon, share it around with your mates and just give it the big old tick.